0: The, uh, the mission at the end of Maseches Makos tells us that Ratzon Hashem Baruch Hu to Zakaos wanted to benefit Klal Yisrael. The Fika Mitzvos, therefore, he um, enlarged uh, the corpus of uh, Torah and Mitzvos. Shene Mar Hashem um, Chafetz Man, Sitko Yagdil Tarav V'Yadir. Basically, we view the myriad opportunities that we have in the context of Torah to to serve the Rabbim Shalom as something which is a tremendous kus, something which is a great benefit um, to each and every one of us. Therefore, if I begin by saying that halachic life is challenging and complex, uh, I mean it only in the most positive uh, sense, in the sense that we have numerous opportunities and we're challenged in very many different ways, sometimes overlapping ways, um, to serve a kajfarchu, to give uh, meaning and significance and importance um, to our lives. Halachic life is meant to be lived on various different planes the interplay of the balance between the personal Chovas Yachid, the personal obligation, and the Chovas Sibor, the communal obligation um, that we encounter, is a particularly challenging one. Mostly, the dual demands of Chovas Yachid and Chovas tzibur, of the individual and the collective obligation, uh, are ones that integrate very effectively, uh, one enhancing the other, imposing a sense of personal involvement and personal responsibility the, um, the concept of the Chabas the individual obligation, while at the same time creating a common bond, shared aspirations between fellow Jews. Achenu B'nei Yisrael sometimes these even converge um, as expressed through Kol Yisrael Zelazeh. every Jew being a guarantor for every other Jew, which can even take the simple form of one Jew being able to make Kiddush for another Jew, although he's already fulfilled his own Kiddush and of course other mitzvahs as well, the concept of Yatza Motzi, though as an individual I fulfilled my obligation, if my fellow Jew has yet to involve himself in this particular mitzvah I can repeat uh, the bracha it's not a bracha on the contrary um, my connection to him and to the broader Jewish community is one which makes my mitzvah unfinished business as well in turn the concept of a tzibor of a collective um especially in the context of a Dabrash of which allows us to engage our Kodesh in ways which as individuals we have no right to do, provides a conducive collective vehicle that deepens and expands um, what otherwise would remain only an individual religious experience and expression. So the Tzibor experience is certainly more than the sum of its parts. This is particularly true, as I mentioned, in Dvaram although there are different types of Dvar or Dharm as well. Sometimes we need a in order to fulfill our individual obligation. Other times, the entire obligation is one from beginning to end, which is only a collective or communal obligation. And that's a topic in its own right. Sometimes the relationship of the individual obligation, the chalvas yachid, and the chivat zibor, and the communal obligation, um, is one which is separate or overlapping, occasionally even at odds. If you look in Sefer Dvarim, we find two different Parshios, in which some of the Psukim seem to be close to identical. Parshas V'Azchanan, Parshas Ekev, Shema V'Hoyam Shamoa. And Chazal note that the difference between them, if you read the Psukim, becomes obvious. One is Belashon Yachid, the other is Belashon Rabin. V'shinantan Levanecha, vidibartabam, or vishinantem vidibartem. It's important that the Torah address us both as individuals and as a member of the community indeed our special um, obligations when it comes to Eretz Yisrael the role of Eretz Yisrael in each and every mitzvah that we perform uh, which is something that the Sifrei and others speak about um, in Devarim is specifically in the Parsha and Ekev which addresses us as members of the Tzibor rather than the context of Kriyashman Vaskanon, where our individual obligations are delineated the Rambam in Choshuvah tells us that a Porish Minatzibor, a person who observes scrupulously each and every mitzvah of the Torah, according to all the Chumras, is nonetheless equivalent of a heretic, this is of course, uh, very relevant to the Russia and the Hagada, because he's mostly Atzmo mina a person who is not Michtatef bitzeras and Yisrael, who doesn't identify with the larger collective plight, um, the destiny of Klal Yisrael. Such an individual cannot be um, a good Jew. His individual obligations uh, become meaningless. They're rendered insignificant in light of the fact that he turns his back on the seaboard When Rus, the parent paradigm uh, of the Ger embraced a uh, Yadus she did so in a dual way Amei on the one hand as an individual Elokoyich Elokoi and at the same time Amei by embracing the destiny um, of Klal Yisrael and in the process of Gerus itself we question the prospective Ger both with regard to his individual um, obligations and we also try to dissuade him by telling him that it's difficult to meet a member of Paul Yisrael, both of these elements are crucial. Indeed, Moshe Rabbeinu, in the partial that we just read, in Parsha Vayikra, reflects this dialectic as well. On the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest of all individuals, as we know, lo Israel Yisrael and indeed sukkum already reflect the fact that only Moshe Rabbeinu was attuned only Moshe Rabbeinu was able to hear the Tzibui Hashem um, in the Old Moed. Chazal tell us, based on these psukim, that the call, the sound, was loud enough. In terms of the volume of the Kriya, anybody should have been able to hear it. But in fact, it was, it was only Moshe Rabbeinu, who was sensitive enough, who was attuned enough, By only Moshe Rabbeinu, and why was that? Undoubtedly, because Moshe Rabbeinu was the most accomplished individual um, in the Jewish nation and in the history of the Jewish nation, as we're, as we're told de uh, Moshe, um, Mosaic prophecy the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu is inherently unique and singular can never be duplicated at the same time, Chazal also tell us that the reason that this is so is because of his devotion to Klal Yisrael after all, it's Leymar and Rashi quotes the Medrash Tzeve emor lahem divrei kivushin b'shvilchem hu nidbar Because of you, I speak to him. I only speak to him because he's the only one qualified, based on his development as an individual. But, primarily because of his representation of Kalal Yisrael. masinu, shekel lamid ches shana, shehoi Yisrael kemenudim, when Kalal Yisrael was wandering around the Midbar, and they were out of favor with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lo nisiyachet adibur im in Moshe, vay and so on in other words even Moshe Rabbeinu whose qualifications are as an individual essentially is only given this special of nevuah because he represents the Tzibor and the function of that representation from this point of view, then we understand that there are two elements in Jewish life. The Chobas Yachid, the Chobas The relationship between them is a larger topic in its own right. This evening, we'd like to focus on an intermediate category. A category which represents, in some cases, an enhancement of the individual obligation, but more often, that represents a paradigm and a model for the concept of a tzibor. And of course I'm referring to the concept of family, of mishpachah. Sometimes, indeed, it does fulfill um, the individual and his aspiration. The cha Imach, Kodmin, according to some views in the Halacha in different ways, sometimes that extends, the concept of Chayacha Kodmin extends to family life and family members as well, without which one's own existence would lose its meaning and its significance. And therefore, Chayacha Kodmin, on an individual level, is expressed by the well-being by securing the spiritual future of one's family. Indeed in Eurideus, Immigration and Aleph in the context of Tzedakah which I'll speak about as we go forward we're told that the Parnosa that one needs for one's mishpacha is a crucial ingredient um, in Hilkos sedaka itself. Before one gives generously, uh, before one expresses his largesse to the community at large, one has to secure his own future, Hayek kodmin, and that includes the well-being of one, certainly one's immediate family um, as well. But more often, as I just noted, uh, the family represents a microcosm, and more than a microcosm in a model, but a building block and a foundation, or as we called it in the title, a cornerstone for the Sibor itself. And this in two senses that I think are significant, again, not only conceptually, but concretely, pragmatically. On the one hand, the family represents an inspiring model or a paradigm for the Tsibor, reflecting idealistic high aspirations for the Tsibor and for the interaction of each and every Jew, another aspect of it's not enough that I conduct myself in a responsible manner vis-à-vis my fellow Jew, but literally I have to treat it as a family member, as a brother, as a son, as a father but at the same time even as this is true even as I extend the notion of family to encompass the Tzibor it's clear that that cannot take place unless first and foremost in terms of priority and in terms of primacy I focus on the family unit if I were to um, engage the Tzibor as if they were my family at the expense of my family I would be undermining that foundation and like any other undermined foundation in the end the Tzibor, that which I'm trying to build, would crumble as well. So the implication of family constituting the model and the paradigm of Tzibor is dual. On the one hand, the ambition of projecting family um, across Qal Yisrael, at the same time, it imposes upon us great care, great caution, a great sense of obligation and responsibility that we secure and safeguard our own homes before we expand fully um, to the rest of the community the proper perspective and foundation then for community interrelations begins with family a neglect of the cornerstone which undermines the foundation is not only inherently wrong but is something which is um, contradictory and inconsistent with the the goal itself which you seem to be striving for namely um, achieving this higher level of Kiyom Tzibor this idea, I think, is reflected in various um, forms in the world of Torah. It's highlighted in the Tanakh itself. Just to take the beginning, Horatius is the sefer that focuses on individuals. It's sefer Yashar. It's the focal point of the development of the avos and the principal Maita avos, Simon Labanim, and so on. It's the book of great personalities. Shemos, as Ramban explains in his Hakdama, is, and others elaborated even more fully, is a sefer about the um, establishment of Kal Yisrael as a unit. Through Yetzias Mitzrayim, the Korah Barzel, ultimately Hayom Hazen, the Esalaam, through Matan Torah, this entire process of taking um, a group of individuals, and molding them and melding them into a unit. If we look at the psukim in Parsha's Vayechi, we can discern that a transition takes place, I think very clearly, in that Parsha. This Parsha Vayechi, which is the end of Bereshis and the transition to Shamos, what we have is the oscillation between Yaakov and Yisrael, and between a father who is addressing his Family, his children for the last time as he leaves them a final personal legacy, and at the same time, the head of a nation, Yisrael, who addresses the future of Kal Yisrael, of his nation. And it's very striking, I don't have time to develop it now. Not only do we go back and forth between Yaakov and Yisrael, sometimes in the same psukim, but the way in which he perceives his final role in bequeathing this legacy to his children reflects it as well. And sometimes in the same sukim, and sometimes we have a Yisrael addressing the children of Yaakov, sometimes we even find Yaakov addressing the future generations of Klal Yisrael. To that extent, is it um, an integrated message? Vayichi Yaakov Eretz Mitzrayim, by Yimei Yaakov Shenei Chayov, and so on, and then it's Vayikravu Yimei Yisrael Lamus. But still it's As we continue, by your father is ill, by would expect an outpouring of personal emotions. Instead, your father is ill, we would expect an outpouring of personal emotions instead Yaakov is able to turn into um, Yisrael mode and to address both aspects of this final legacy. Byomer Yaakov el Yosef Kel Shakai Nirali Beluz Beretz Kanan Veibarechosi Hinim Africha Beher B'sichan Satichal Ekhah He's speaking about. The individual experiences that are going to be significant in the creation of a tzibur, ultimately, the Nacha Ephraim and But we know that when the ultimate bracha is given to Ephraim and Menashe, um, again it's given on two levels, or two dimensions. One is the Ephraim and Menashe who are standing in front of Yaakov Avinu, the grandfather, and then there is Yisrael who has concern for the future, who switches the roles, or at least the order the primacy of Menashe and Ephraim, and again the psukim go back and forth for opanehalo piloti and so on, and this is true as well. In the final legacy, by Yekar Yaakov el Banav, by Yomer he Asfu vaGidol Achem, Es Hashem Yekar Achem Hayamim, and then he Kabzu b'Shemu Bnei Yaakov b'Shemu, not el Yaakov but el Yisrael Abichem, and all the brachos that Yisrael Yaakov gives to his sons to the Shvatim have this dual aspect. He's addressing children with whom he experienced certain things, who have certain assets and certain flaws uh, which he has experienced and at the same time, these elements have already established the characteristics of the Shvatim L'dore Doros, it is part of that legacy it's fascinating that we have the list of of boy Mitzrayim in Vayichi and then Sefer Shamos the very beginning begins again Elah Shemos B'nai Israel, we already know them from the Brachos Habayi Mitzrayimah Es Yaakov Yishu Be'i Shimon Levi Huda, etc. we have the list all over again it's almost as if the Torah is telling us the Halacha in the end of Vayichi is the children of Yaakov That's, of course, the end of Sefer HaYashar. But now it's important to understand that the itzuv of Klal Yisrael, that the fashioning of Klal Yisrael as a nation, has its roots in that very family circumstance. And Yaakov Abinu, taking care of his family... Including that final legacy becomes a foundation stone the cornerstone for the establishment um, for the establishment of Kali Yisrael. This is true not only in the transition from Vaychid to Shamos but I think it's true throughout Shamos when the um, midwives the Mialdos, Ivrios their heroism is to be rewarded, it's Vayas Batim. It's through the way that their families will develop but not as individuals alone, it's the way their individual families will develop as leaders and having a structural role in Kal Yisrael, Batei Kahuna, Batei um and so on. When Moshe Abenu and Aaron are introduced um, again, after they're given the, the mantle of leadership, so the Torah begins with Ruvain and Shimon and Levi in order to introduce who, are, who Moshe, who Aaron, who are these people. They're introduced as individual members of their family, so that we understand that their leadership uh, in Kallah is not something that springs from a vacuum, but has to do with the role that they played originally within their families. And this is true later on in Bamidbar, when we speak about the Nisim, um, and so on the idea that the foundation stone of the tzibur is the family is reflected very very strongly in Kedush Sazma. every Shabbos of course Shabbos has a special Halacha, Atah, Bincha, Bitecha a special dinim perhaps according to some beyond the regular dinim of Chinuch that apply to Shabbos when it comes to bincha, Bitecha because family is at the center of every Shabbos family is at the center of every Yom Tov the Simach Esishto is the Rambam explains based on the Gemara that it expresses itself in different ways the Simchas Agavra, the Simchas ishto, the Simchas banav. but this Simcha, which has its beginnings um, in family and the interaction between various family members each according to his stage and according to his status is something that is crucial to the observance of every Yom Tov there are some Tanaim who are of the opinion that one shouldn't leave home um, on Yom Tov And that has to be balanced with the obligation lahakbil pney rabo beregel. On the one hand, to renew one's one's ties in Talmud Torah. The question is, can that be done without uh, jeopardizing um, one's family obligations at home at a time of Keducha man greater spiritual opportunity when that focus on family needs to be critically felt. And Chagasukos. We speak about Teshvu Kein Taduru. The Ramah quotes the famous justification of why it is that in Chutzlaretz, in some cases, people didn't sleep in the Sukkah, and he suggests Teshvu Kein Taduru, if it means a husband leaving his wife, uh, that doesn't constitute teishvu Kein Taduru. Uh, somewhat problematic justification based on the Gemara, but again, one which accents the role again of family, even in expressing the details of individual Yamin Tovim. Teshvu perhaps this is nowhere more acutely felt than in the holiday of Pesach which is upon us the whole concept of the idea again that the routine Halachos of Chinuch are extended and expanded and intensified Dafka on this day it's about making an impression um, in the context of the family. The Arbabanim um, and what they represent, the idea of Chanoch Honar al-Pidarko, personal and family Chinoch plays a critical role. The Korban Pesach was done in units of Sela Be Boyas. It was family units. And the Mechilta, even as a Havamina, says, well, that was in the time of Pesach Mitraim. And even then we said, if you don't have enough people in the family, you can join up with the next door neighbor. But um, what about Lidore Doros? Mechilta has a Havamina, maybe it should also be limited to Mishpachos, Mishpachos. If you don't know, pask in that way, the Mechilta rejects it. But the fact that the Mechilta needed to reject it, that they considered the possibility that Mishpachos are the unit when it comes to Karben Pasach, is certainly crucial and critical. One could even make the point, maybe we'll have a chance to get back to this, that the whole concept of Chabura in Karben Passach is precisely the idea that to build a tzibor, Korban Pesach is a Korban tzibor in one respect, um, and not in another respect, it's a very unorthodox um, Korban tzibor it's brought the kinufya, everybody brings it together it's brought in units of a chabura, which are treated in a very strict way, not allowed to leave the khabura, and so on even though every individual has the obligation to bring or to be involved or connected with a Korban Pesach it's quite possible that the family motif, at least initially the family motif, was behind this idea, this building block of this karbon, this particular carbon Sibor. We even find this with regard to the divrei Sofrim uh, Moadim, that are somewhat Ke'in Daraisa. With regard to Purim, which we just celebrated, it's Mishpacha, u Mishpacha, the Megillah tells us, the says undoubtedly that must be the reason why people were very mocked to spend Purim, dafket at home, with their families just like We find the deos regarding regular yom tovim that you shouldn't leave the regal; you should spend time with your family on the regal. So too, mishpacha mishpacha reflects that idea in Purit and of course in Chanukah, it's even more um, obvious that this is a crucial idea. The concept of neri shabeso, the idea that one fulfills neri's Chanukah in its most basic way—not only its most minimal way, but also its most basic um, expression—even when we. We fulfill the Mahadrim and the Mahadrin we still pay close attention to the concept of Neh Um the family unit is crucial not only for the struggle of the Maccabeam but for Moadim whether they be Daraisa or Drabana and that affects us in Hoshanika again in, in ways that are undeniable um, in ways that are surprising halachically um, according to many Rishonim one uh, doesn't say a Birch HaSaroah, if one never gets home, never lights canicle, uh, Hanukkah candles, never sees a Hanukkah candle um, of his own, if the people at home light the Neiros, according to some Rishonim, the Birkasaroa is something that will not be made separately. It's covered by the Neir Ishibeso separate discussion, but a parallel discussion with regard to the Shecheyanu. In other words, we see that there is halachic impact to the family unit um, in Nehruz Kanaka. is not only a minimum, but it represents a certain crucial unit um, in the expression of this halacha. This idea that the family represents a cornerstone halachically um, for individual and also for tibor obligations I think is reflected in, in, in certain halachos in a very dramatic way the truth is that um, there are some obligations that we encounter which are just extraordinary the Torah generally introduces them by using the phrase achicha one could contrast um, two types of Parshios. If you look at parshas Mishpatim, which deals with much more universal and basic obligations, called human obligations, we rarely find the word Achicha. Torah speaks about Ish, speaks about Re'ehu, after all we're talking about Nezek, um, damages, Uh, we're talking about Gezel, theft, we're talking about um... Monetary obligations, we're talking about uh, showmare, person who deposits his, uh, his property with someone else to be watched. Basically, we're dealing with routine civil obligations. However, when the Torah speaks about more extraordinary obligations, even those that extend beyond the family, basically mostly what we're talking about is things that extend to all of Klaal Yisrael, the Torah uses the expression achicha. It does so extensively in Parshas Bahar and again in Parshas Re'eh, as well as in other places. What do we speak about in Bahar and Re'eh that mandates the use of the word achicha? What are these extraordinary obligations? They have to do with abdus... Shawmi has the expression, call Eved, kona ebed, kona liatsmo, kitovlo imach. When a person has an evidivri in his uh, possession, he has to treat this evidivry with extraordinary um, kindness. To the extent that if there's only one pillow, it's the evidivry who receives the pillow. Kitovlo imach. That's what the Ushami has in mind when it says, Akona um, eved kona adon liatsmo. The Torah in Bihar, it's a little bit late, so I won't quote. Um Uses the expression um, continuously when the avid leaves. Hanek taniklo, I To give him uh, extra gifts. Again, why? He was your Ebed. It's a impersonal relationship, one would think. Hanik, um, Taniklo. If a person sells himself into slavery, his relatives are obligated um, to bail him out. Um, there is a hierarchy in that. O Dodo, Ben Dodo, Yigalanu. And we find the halacha tells us, Kamarin Kadushin, Medish halacha, a korov korov kodem, the closest relative. Um, Theoretically, has the prior obligation to redeem him. Again, the Torah speaks about it in terms of achicha. He shouldn't have got himself into this mess to begin with. Is it your obligation to extricate him from his own excesses? That is the concept of achicha, and while it expresses itself. Kol HaKorov Korov Kodem, it extends to all of Klal Yisrael. It's a concept of Achicha, where the paradigm of family is projected throughout to all of Klal Yisrael. We also find this with regard to the isa ribis and the obligation to cancel debts bishnas the principle of Shemitah's Ksafim. Um, in those contexts, the Torah uses the expression, achicha, your brother. Uh, the Ramban, in Parsh's Kiteitse, asks the famous question. He says, why is it that we discriminate between Jews and non jews We say, lenachri sashich. We say, um, lenachri yigos. When it comes to cancelling of the debts in the Shemitah year, when it comes to extending loans, um, interest uh, loans, the rule is that you cannot do these with regard to a Jew. You have to cancel his debts in the end of the seventh year unless you have a principal. You cannot charge interest, um, even though every entrepreneur knows that um, you know, it takes money to make money. And access to capital is the foundation uh, for your free enterprise or, or capitalism. Nonetheless, you cannot charge your fellow Jew, um, you have to give him an interest-free loan. And yet, when it comes to non-Jews, we're told you should charge. The Ramban is not of the opinion that one is obligated to charge, um, but the Ramban does explain that the difference between the way we treat Jews and non-Jews has nothing to do with discrimination. The Rambam goes a step further and argues that one should be obligated to charge ribis, to charge interest. One is not allowed to cancel the debts of a non-Jew. The Rambam explains, why should this be so? Why is it not discrimination? Why does the Rambam go even a step further? The so Rambam explains because essentially, the idea of canceling debts during the Shemitah year, and the idea of extending to Jews an interest-free loan, is an extraordinary act of chesed. Asset. I just mentioned it. The idea of extending uh, um, a loan with interest is simple, natural business. It's business as usual. Everybody understands that access to capital is itself um, something that you know that is worth money. And. Um, if I extend you a loan for, for 30 days, or for a year, or for 5 years, one should pay for the privilege and the opportunities that that provides. Dramban says, looking at ribis as a prohibition in the sense of some sort of a, you know, obvious transgression is a mistake basically, interest is business as usual. It's even more obvious with regard to Shemitah Tzachafim. Essentially, I gave you uh, an interest-free loan of $100, and um, the Torah tells us all things being equal, the ideal is that at the end of the seventh year, that debt is going to be cancelled, you don't have to repay it. So here I extended this uh, loan, interest-free, and I'm not even receiving the principal in return. That is extraordinary. So I'm about to it's all based on the concept of achicha it's based on the idea that we treat every member of Qal Yisrael as if you were our brother you don't have to make excessive uh, business profits on your family members everybody understands that family um, shouldn't be exploited, and never mind exploitation, it's not even always proper um, to, to treat them business as usual. In other words, Shmita Tzafim and ribbis represent the idea that the Tzibor at large, we're not talking about a collective obligation here, but every member of Klal Yisrael represents an extended member of our family. And therefore, the Ramban says, when we allow for interest loans for a non-Jew, We tell you when the Torah informs us that the rule of Shemitah Safem doesn't apply to the non-Jewish population it's not a matter of discrimination all that that means is that non-Jews are treated as you know respected uh, colleagues one might say and uh, Jewish The Jewish brother is is a real brother. He's a family member. Uh, With all that implies, in terms of the extraordinary chesed um, that it should extend to him. The Rambam took this a step further. And the idea behind the Rambam probably is that... If one extends extraordinary chesed to a non-Jew, that in a sense undermines um, the concept of fraternity, the concept of achva with respect to my Jewish um, brother. If I treat everybody the same, then it's not a function of my unique or singular feelings for them. It's a function of my own personal um, code of conduct. The idea of ribbis and shemitas Ksafim is not about personal code of conduct, according to the Rambam. It's about the relationship between every member of Klal Yisrael. It's about the extension to a concept of family uh, across, um, across Klal Yisrael. Rashi says something very similar about Matanus Levionim. Um, was shown in the Rishonim note that there was a Minag uh, to give Matanus Levionim to non-Jews as well, and that Rashi was uh, vociferously opposed to it. Um, Point to one report, Rashi said, better not to give Matano Savionim at all, if you're going to extend it to non-Jews a very seemingly very harsh statement. But Rashi explained exactly this idea. Rashi said if you extend Matonus Levionim to everyone then it's no longer Matonus Levionim it's no longer an expression of the unique relationship between each and every Jew and Purim is about a day in which all Jews share a common fate and destiny and all Jews celebrate together and part of that celebration is an appreciation of that sense of fraternity that each one constitutes a family member um, of the other to dilute that, to undermine that, by extending the concept beyond where it should go, is essentially to destroy the theme of Matanas Levione so basically the Torah tells us in numerous halachic contexts that family is the paradigm is the model for how we treat each and every Jew, in some cases how we treat the tzibor the range of halachos that reflect this idea, the priority and primacy of family, um, is extraordinary, we would have time to analyze them, the concept of Tumaz Provin and Yerusha uh, and Avelos, where we focus specifically on the family unit uh, Um, represents this and even the concept of mes mitzvah um, and its relationship to K'furas um, K'rovim is a fascinating um, is a fascinating chapter Let me just zero in on two to highlight both aspects of what we are speaking of. I mentioned before that the implication of saying that family unit is the model or the paradigm for uh, the community is dual. On the one hand, it establishes this ideal. Every member of Klael Yisrael represents an extended member of our family. That's an extraordinary concept, one which brings with it extraordinary obligations. I gave the example of Shemitah Safim and Ribbis. At the same time, Time, the use of the term akhba often carries with it the priority and primacy of the family itself precisely so that we can safeguard the cornerstone in order to secure and ensure um, the foundation and therefore the extension of that foundation. Let me just highlight it in two very different ways very quickly. One in the context of Talmud Torah. studying with your, your son Koin Chazal. Elu Talmidecha. That refers to Talmidim as well as biological children. However, the fact that the Torah uses the expression livanecha is surely significant, and this, of course, is captured by the Rambam. I this time. In the beginning of Hilch Samatara, it's quoted also in Shokhan Aruch, Keshem Shachayev Adam Lalame des Beno, Kachuchayev Lalame des Ben Beno. Just as a person is obligated to teach his son, so too his grandson. Shenem Ar Valdatem, Livanecha, Livanevanecha. Below Beno, Ben Beno, Bilvad, not only does it extend beyond Ben to grandchild, Benevanim Arem Kevanim, Elim Mitzvah, Kalchacham, Achacham Yisrael, Lalame des Kolataminim. It extends to anybody who has the capacity and the opportunity. To impact on any Talmudim, Alpha Pisha and Mbana, Shanemar, Bishinanta Levanecha, Bipia Shuolandu Banecha, Elu Talmidecha, Shatamidim banim, and so on. In Cain, the Rambam asks, Laman al bnoval ben if the meaning really is to extend to everyone, why not to say that there's an obligation of vishinantem, l'kol talmidei klal yisrael, why focus on vishinantem levanecha? And one could argue that the Rambam's question and the answer that will, that will follow is paradigmatic of some of the other contexts in which the Torah speaks of ben or ach as well. And the Rabbin's answer is clear. Lahaktim b'no, based on the Gemara's, Lahaktim b'no le ben b'no, u ben b'no le ben chavero. Because even as we've extended the reach of these halachos, the fact is that there is a priority, there is a primacy, son before grandson, grandson before every other member of Chal Yisrael. There is a hierarchy. In order to secure, in order to accomplish effectively, the levonecha elu talmidecha, one needs to begin with banim and b'nei banim. Moreover, chayev liskar malamed libno lalamdo. If it's necessary, you actually have to dip into your finances and finance the education of your son. The machlokas Rishonim, based on the understanding of the Gemara, whether this extends to grandchildren as well. But it's agreed upon that, as a chiyub, Elochayib ben Not only is it a question of priority, it's also a question of tangible, concrete nafkamina. But these are symbolic of the fact that there is a certain hierarchy here. On the one hand, we project banim ketalmidim, and that is followed up in the Rambam as well. Rambam begins this chapter, "Kashem Shadam Aviv." Just as there is an obligation to respect one's parents, "Biiraso Raba Yeser Me Aviv." So too, and in some respects even more so, there is the obligation of kabod for Rebbe, the model of the Shinanta Levanecha Ben and Av. This paradigm, of Rebbe and Talmud, is something which is upheld, and in the other direction as well. In Halacha Yidbase, the Ramam tells us, Shah Tamidim, um, Hayavim, the Kodarav, Kaharav, Tarakh Lechade, as Tamidav, Ulakarvan, Kahar Mukahonim, he wrote Tamidacha Haviv, Alakha Kishoka, the Adam, Leizar, the Tamidav, Ulaavan, Shehim Habanim, and so on. Basically, basically, the Rambam takes very seriously the relationship between Revi and Talmud as a father-son relationship, and even then, of course, accenting what the Gemara tell us, and that is, it has to begin at home, it has to begin with a foundation, and then it can extend out um, effectively. This idea, of course, is one. Sorry which has important ramifications uh, in a practical way as well. Um, the truth is, it's difficult to find time uh, to learn with one's children. All of us are very busy, and that is true for mechanchim, uh, I might add, rabbanim um, as well. Um, sometimes, there are many mechanchim, many rabbanim, um, because of their sincerity sincerity and their commitment to, to their communities and to their talmidim, who, who neglect their own children. And um, they do so, again, not, not intentionally, it uh, ends up de facto um, occurring um, the idea of the Shinanta Levanecha the focus on Levanecha is not meant to shortchange Talmidim the idea is that in the end if one is scrupulous at home um, if one doesn't um, 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 if one doesn't ignore the developments of one's own children, then in the end, the mechanech, the rav, the father, um, is someone whose sensitivity and attunement uh, and discernment. Um, develops and grows to the extent that it ends up impacting upon uh, his Talmidim as well. Somebody who does due diligence to the biological the the is ultimately going to be a better symbolic um, um symbolic the Vanecha. His Av and Ben relationship with his Talmidim are going to be enhanced by it as well. This idea... Is reflected also in the world of tzedakah, as different as that world as that world is. It's interesting that um, that whole parsha and Re'eh again works with achicha um, ha'avion from the beginning to the end. It starts with Shemitah k'safim and then turns into tzedakah. It's fascinating that uh, the Rambam quotes the Kadima, the priority of uh, family members in tzedakah, twice. One in Perak Zion, halacha yudgimel, Shu provo, kodem And here too he quotes it in two different ways. An anihuru is related to you, has priority over others. Anie beso, kodmim la iro he says it again, your family members, aniyim, go prior to anieiro, anieiro, kodmim la anieiro, and so on. Then later on in Perak Yud, halacha towards the end of Hikosmatnis the Rambam appears to repeat if a person has older children who don't come under the technical obligation of of um, Mizonos basically he's not obligated to support them um, but he chooses to do so so that his Sons will be able to study Torah, and to provide whatever wherewithal is necessary to, to be able to guide his daughters in the right path. And then he adds, Utstaqi Shakarov Kodem. Tzedaka is this is not only Bidi this is a high form of tzadaka, shakarov kodem. Of course, the Shach in the explains that all things being equal, if it's not necessary one shouldn't expend his uh, tzedakah money on family members if it's possible, that should be viewed as a separate obligation, Tavo Me'era lemi, whoever relies on this but, in, in terms of one who has the uh, pressure, the financial pressure uh, the point is Except the pasach of the Rambam, actually in Yeridaya, both of these halachos, per zayin halacha yud gimel and per yud halacha are merged into one Tsudaka gedolahi Shah karov kodem. There are some of the opinion that the obligation to family members um, of Tzedakah is such a priority um, and is so foundational that the tzibur has no obligation if there are family members who have the ability to support their children to such an extent. Does securing the well-being of one's family um, come before one's general um, obligation. There are other Rishonim who disagree, who see this as part of the regular halacha of Tzedakah but uh, they too um, obviously quote the, the words of the Sifrain, the Gemar Bab Mitzia that karov karov kodem it occurs to me that the reason that the Rambam quoted this uh, twice is because really the Rambam is telling us two different halachos. In Parak Zayin the Rambam is telling us that all things being equal ha-karov kodem. And Parak Yud for reasons which... Uh, go into another time maybe where the Ramam speaks about different aspects and dimensions of sadaka when he sums up the the whole section there the Ramam tells us that even if what one is going to accomplish with one's demate sadaka is not as, let's say, urgent as what one would accomplish for others with demate sadaka even then, sadaka's godola when it comes to kolakarov karov kodem, when it comes to parents when it comes to children, even those who are not obligated, mizonos, even if it's La Torah or la It's not about putting food in one's mouth, as the Rambam is speaking of in Parag Even then, the rule is the kolakorov korov kodem. In other words, according to the Rambam charity begins at home and extends beyond. The obligation of Tzedakah, um, according to many Rishonim, is an obligation which parallels that of a Balchov. Essentially, an Oni has a right to demand that you support him, assuming that he's a legitimate Oni. Where that comes from is, again, an extraordinary extension of this idea of Achicha. He's your brother, he's a family member, he has the right to demand your um, support. But again, that foundation can only be ex- Extended, if it begins, if it's secured, if it's guaranteed in the in the first stage in the microcosm um, in the actual family unit um, itself. Moshe Rabbeinu, as I mentioned, um, was unique as a navi. In Parshas Balosha, we read of the critique of Aaron and Miriam. They found out that Moshe Rabbeinu had separated from Tziporah they criticized, they were worried about the children of Moshe and Sipora, what would happen to them. Moshe Rabbeinu was too devoted to his flock. The Rabbonu punished them. Lochein avdi Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is unique. His situation is different. But Chazal understand that if not for that, if not for Lohen Abdi Moshe, if not for Moshe Rabbeinu's unique status, there was something to the criticism or there would have been something to the criticism of Aaron and of Miriam. If Moshe Rabbeinu had been any other Navi, any other Rav, any other communal leader, then the criticism that he has no right to devote what now is a popular turn 24-7 to his flock at the expense of his family would have been a proper criticism. For Moshe Rabbeinu, it's different. Moshe Rabbeinu, as we said before, represents the highest personal achievement and the most advanced, most obvious representative um, of the Tzibor. But for the rest of us, even those in community service and certainly those of us struggling with Parnassa and to be a part of the Tzibor, etc., we have to begin our efforts, we have to focus our efforts initially um, at home. Not so that we will ignore and neglect the Tzibor, but on the contrary, to inspire us to treat the seaboard to treat every member of colleagues Yisrael like our family member um, but only after securing that first foundation and this is an issue which has important implications in the choosing of careers um, it doesn't make any sense to be choosing a career that supports one's family financially but which uh, abandons them uh, and neglects them emotionally um, and spiritually um, that focus is obviously uh, crucial it can't come it can't be neglected uh, uh, even for the sake of as lofty and noble a goal as the community and uh, certainly can't be um, abandoned for the sake of finances even finances that ultimately as we hear all parents say uh, are for the ultimate uh, sake of securing the future uh, of their children in the end of the day the concepts that are developed in Heuchot Tamatara and Heuchot and Ribbis and Shemitas Ksafim and Vachicha in general are concepts that need to be universalized and I just want to to conclude with the words of the Chacham Tzvi. Chacham Tzvi was asked uh, whether or not family members uh, take priority over makirei kahuna uh, when it comes to certain um, um, obligations and certain rights in halacha. Basically he makes a very strong case for the fact that family um, obligation always comes first. Belakal hanos kodem Even to the point of reinterpreting the Rambam's view regarding which is another interesting application of this whole idea. And then in the end, he says, and don't be thrown off by the fact that in the Ramah Minuchas, Talmud Torah and the Shochan Aruch speak about the Shinanta Nobanecha, Banim and Bnei Banim. It's not just Banim and Bnei Banim, it's Kolakarov Kodem. The Kivan Shulabadnu Shakarov Kodem, the Talmud Torah, if Krovim are, take priority when it comes to the study of Torah, Koske inch kodem kohuna cheno krovo bekimen tsake nemela mashma de vakon mitsha syakhala zakas krovo aherim Krovov, kodbim the concept of oni and Tzedakah is not a concept that is limited to finances. It relates to spiritual impoverishment and the opportunities for spiritual advancement as well. Just as when it comes to financial obligations, one's family comes first. Huadin after all it's obvious if in physical matters this worldly matters there is this building block which cannot be ignored lest the whole foundation crumble certainly this is true in spiritual matters as well we don't mention brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts the Chacham Tzvi says in the Dar I'm not sure that there aren't those who might not argue for other reasons, but for our purposes, it's a very powerful statement. In all matters of spirituality, we begin with the foundation of achicha, of Bincha, of avicha, then and only then do we have the ability, are we inspired to reach out to all of Kali Yisrael to make more meaningful both our Chovos yachid as well as our chavos Tzibor. Thank you.